And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to Seeing Red. Hey, boys and girls, welcome to Scene Red. I'm David K. Montoya. And I'm Aaron Illich. You know, before we get started, I, I was just thinking as I was, because, you know, we hear our voices as we speak, and it made me think of that podcast, or the the the, pay, the thing you put up on Facebook. Yeah. I said, this is what podcasters will never get used to. But here's the thing, okay? We have, this is literally number three podcast today, that you, you've done one. Um, even though when this airs, it'll probably be a few weeks from now, but yeah. you know, the, today we did episode 61 with Mary, or oh, I almost said her real name with, uh, S. Sadie Burbank. And then we did the, the Tusk review. Yeah. And so now this is, you know, our third one today, but, uh, with the, what we think one, we were having problems with the headphones. Yeah. I could not podcast because I could not hear my voice. <laughs> yeah. And it was just weird because before, when we first started. We couldn't stand here. We were like, uh, we, and plus we never had headphones either. No, we didn't. No. And it was just a soul just go. <laughs> yeah. And and it's just funny because now it's it's such a regular thing to hear your own voice. Yeah. And I was trying to like wing it, you know, because I couldn't hear what I, I was hearing you guys fine. Yeah. But I couldn't hear my own voice, and that was, like, throwing me off. <laughs> yeah. It's just weird how things work. Because yeah. you had posted a thing on Facebook that said, um, you know. Why our own voice sounds so weird to us. Yeah. And I think now, honestly, truthfully, after however long we've had, you know, this new setup. Yeah. Well, we've had it for about a year now, right? Yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, My voice sounds pretty similar to the way I hear it as I speak, you know, normally. Yeah. I guess it's just some, uh, you know, progression of something you have to get used to. I don't know. Uh, sometimes when I when I talk, I feel like my voice is lighter. Yeah. Like, it, in my own head. And then you hear it through the microphone, and you're like, well, my voice sounds a lot deeper. It then does. again, I, I also think it has a lot to do with, you know, posture. Explain. Like, uh... <laughs> I was telling Rebecca, she's like, you know, you can do all these voices and stuff. Why can't you, you know, do all these voices, you know, any other time? And it's hard for me because, um, well, before, you know, I wasn't sick. Right. Uh, it, it is easier for me to kind of like lay back and, you know, relax my, my, my cords and my throat and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it's easier for me to do the voices and stuff like that. And, you know, coming now, it's, I feel like, uh, a lot of it has to do with, like, my posture. That I think, uh, you know, like my lungs. Well, you're pulling from your diaphragm. Yeah, exactly. Because that's one thing that I've noticed with us, you know, just listening to back, because, you know, um, every Friday we have flashback Fridays. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I listen to the podcast and, and, you know, because out of all the podcasts we have, you know, through the network, the Jason Podcast Network. Yeah. 
Seeing Red has the most podcasts out of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Seeing Red is pulled a lot because we have a lot more. And it, it sounds like, well, number one, our pitch is different. Probably because we can hear what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but number two, as far as what we say and when we say it for how long we say it, we can talk a lot longer now than we could in the beginning. Yeah, before it was kind of like, you know, yeah, blah, 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 whatever. It was kind of, it wasn't so like, you know, ooh, yeah, type shit. It was because, uh, well, that, and I think it has a lot to do with, you know, when, when we started to not do segments, but just pull things up to look at and right. discuss. You know, I think a, a lot of, a lot of that has, has to do with you know, us podcasting now is typically, you know, we see something, you know, we want to talk about it on the podcast and you, yes. know, you find it's interesting and you think a lot of people could either sympathize with you or, you know, um, understand where we're coming yeah, from. Yeah, exactly. Cause you know, a lot of the stuff that we talk about, it's actually pretty popular. Um, Animal sex being one of them for some reason. <laughs> uh, just weird news in general. Um, you know, just, uh, like, um, comic books. You know, everybody loves comic books. Well, not everybody loves comic books, but you, you think about, okay, comics, um, 10 years back. Right. Okay. Is not. It was, it wasn't very socially acceptable. acceptable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people shunned a lot of people that were geeks and nerds and, you know, just overall nerdy. It's right. Like video games, comic books, reading, like, you know, books and stuff like that. Just literary and, um, physical things. Right. Like, okay, you like to collect action figures. That's nerdy, you know? Right. Um, you like to watch cartoons or anime, or you like to, uh, sit around and listen to, uh, talk shows about different weird stuff. And you like to listen to stuff about science or watch stuff about science. You know, that, that was considered nerdy. And people back, like I said, 10 years ago, nerds were shunned. Yeah. You would hide that shit. Yeah. You're like, okay. you know, you'd have your glasses <laughs> on your little, your, your little, uh, uh, plaid shirt with your, your khaki pocket yeah <laughs> and, and and that was you know that was you you were trying to you know you weren't trying to make yourself look nerdy what you thought would look nice right you know it, it, people um and i think a lot of people can sympathize with that being you know you grow up and all the shit that you used to get fucked with for everybody likes now right all of a sudden, <clears throat> because well, for me it was never. I know people didn't fuck with me because number one, I'm six foot two and two hundred and eighty pounds. <laughs> yeah, you know, people didn't fuck with me. Yeah, but they they shunned me. Yeah, you know, they, oh, there's that weird guy, that guy that we comedy. He's a writer too. What the fuck? Yeah, when, I I used to be like uh, one of those kids that would watch. Toonami and they'd have like all the the old anime on there and then it would turn into Adult Swim and that was the only thing I would know really because you know I I would watch that stuff because my uh, family had a satellite dish the giant ones that sit in your yard and take up your whole fucking yard (laughs) yeah so uh I I knew a lot about that stuff and I knew like a lot about I, I didn't know a whole lot about comics but I liked comics so one thing about me 
is I've always been true to who I am. Absolutely. So have I. I and I hate I hate people that, you know, they, they try to uh and I I used to talk about it all conformists. People yes. that conform to something that other people like. You know, um and this kind of this is gonna sound <laughs> Weird because I, I feel like myself, you know, ever since, uh, Rebecca became a part of this sisterhood thing. Right. Um, I never noticed I really liked that music until the like fifties type. Yeah. Like, uh, there's, there's another type of like, okay, rockabilly music. You think 1950s, 1960s. Right. And then, okay, you know, like, ooh, yeah, type shit. Surfing music. Right. Um, I never really realized I liked that music until, you know, I, I, one day, you know, we got back from this charity event that we were doing and, um, I sat there and, you know, I was listening to some music and I was like, yeah, it's kind of, you know, I like this. And then I look up a band that, um, my mom and dad used to play a lot when I was young and, and I never really thought about it. And who was it? Do you remember? The Cramps. Okay. Have you ever heard of them? I have. And, I started playing an album from the cramps. It's called uh, bad music for bad people. And I started listening to it and I was like, Oh my God. Like I felt such nostalgia. And I was like, Oh, you know, I really, I, I, I remember I really liked this music and I, I, I don't feel like I'm conforming. No, that that's more like a, a self discovery. Yeah. I, I, cause I was talking to Rebecca about this cause a lot of the people, um, she said that she used to hang around with kind of was like rockabilly type stuff and they had the look and stuff, but they never really knew, you know, different bands and stuff, but in different things, they didn't right. really in, I was telling her, I was like, you know what people, they really are conformists. They are. And, um, I don't feel like I'm conforming to the whole rockabilly thing. I felt like, uh, like you said, is this like a self-discovery type thing? Yeah. I, I never really embraced the style because I, I was never really like that kind of person. I would look at the people, you know, in high school that were trying to dress up all, uh, greaser and rockabilly type. And I would laugh and I'm like, Oh my God, what are they doing? Like, right. <laughs> what's going on here? This ain't the fifties anymore. What is it? Where's the socials and shit? Like, <laughs> I mean, come on now. And I, I was thinking to myself, and I was like, you know, I, I to me, it doesn't look ridiculous, but the the way they presented themselves looked like gangsters. Right. Like, like I'm going to beat the shit out of you thug-type gangsters. That's how they presented themselves. So I never really wanted to be, like, in with that crowd. Right. And, like I said, I, I used to think the style was cool and stuff like that, but I, I would never embrace it. But now it's like I she's part of the sisterhood thing, and she's, like, <laughs> she's dressing me up all rockabilly now. And uh I... We all know, I don't know if the listeners know, but I always talk about this on a day-to-day basis because how fucking thin my hair is. And I'm yeah. only 21 years old, so it's not, there's not very much I can do with my hair. Right. Rather than put hairspray in it and kind of like make it fluffier. <laughs> so, um, and she, Rebecca, she's just, you know, she's, you know, giving me all this, these different kinds of clothes. She's like, oh, I want to see you in this. I want to see you in that. You know, I want to, I want to see, you know, how I can make you look to be a part of this. Cause she wants to bring me to these events and you have to look a certain way to bring me to these events. Right. Like that. And you have to, like I said, you have to be presentable, not like I said, conformity, conformity, but you have to look a certain way. And, uh, 
and she she was at this event or I was at this event with her and she's like she was saying how much the the girls and stuff wish that their husbands and stuff were all into this stuff like that like I am I'm not I never really identified with like I said the rockabilly look but I identify myself more as like a punk look right like when I whenever I dress up type stuff mm-hmm. but um <laughs> what I'm getting at here is I I don't feel like I'm a conformist. I feel like a lot of the people that do like this kind of well, stuff. There's a difference between being a conformist and yeah. having like a self-awareness, self-discovery of something that you yeah. like. A conformist is, you know, it, it's like, well, I like comic books because, you know, somebody else, else likes, likes it. Them. Yeah. As to where you, you discover yourself, when you read a comic book, you're like, oh, I like this. Yeah. I'm legitimately. You know, if if it's something like your, the music, the rockabilly, if if you find yourself listening to the rockabilly music by yourself, alone with headphones on, and nobody yeah. can hear what you're listening to, that makes it where you just it was a self discovery, something yeah. that you discovered that you like. That that has nothing to do with being conformed. Yeah, and I don't know how how did we get off in this? Concept? I have no idea. I think it was I. We went from talking about our voices and stuff of the podcast. And I brought up comic books, some, um, and then comic books turned into rockabilly because I thought about all the people that, and I, I forgot what I was about to say about the whole comic book thing. Is um, like I said, it, it, it's socially more acceptable to like comic books now uh-huh. because it's so mainstream. It is. is what I'm getting at here. And a lot of people they conform to the mainstream streamism, if I'm using that term correctly, if it is a term, um, as a gateway to. Um, try to identify themselves as something that they're not. Well, let me jump in and say something because I, I agree with you 100% that, uh, you know, comic books have become more mainstream, but there's only one big problem with that. Yeah. In 1987 is when I became a comic book fan. Yeah. <laughs> in 1987, okay? That is 27 years as a comic book fan. And I've seen it change yeah and everything has changed in the world of comic books to meet the mainstream demand they have turned their backs essentially on us fans of of the absolutely of the plan you know of of people that's been reading like for example we're gonna get into our main topic here in a minute folks i just gotta (laughs) there's a, a group that um, you can buy, buy, sell, or trade comic books on Facebook. And, you know, somebody puts up a really old, you know, key issue and they want, you know, a decent amount of money. Everybody's like, oh, well, there's a crease here and there's a line here. Uh, you know, I'd rather have it sealed with the C, uh, was it CDC comic book something? Excuse me. Anyway, you know, the, the, the rating system. Yeah. And I put up there and I get deleted and that pissed me off really, but. I was like, are you guys comic book collectors? Are you comic book fans? fans? Absolutely. I feel yeah. the same on that too. Cause, um, even like, I'm gonna touch on based on what you said. Like, you became a comic book fan in 1987. You're only 10 years old, right? Uh-huh. So I, I was born in 1993. And back in the 90s is when, you know, Cl- Chris Claremont. 80s. 80s? Okay. Well, 70s technically. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, seventy-four. Well, the exact. the, uh, the issues and stuff that I were read, what I was reading, mm-hmm. it was like it was Chris Claremont, right, right. 
And that literally, that is what I, like I said, I've always struggled with the uh, reading comprehension, but like the, the, the artwork really caught my eye. It's mainly what caught my, my addiction to comic books is the artwork. Right. If the artwork is good and the dialogue is good and the storytelling is good, it's, I love it. It's very, very imperative that you have a good story. Absolutely. On top of having good artwork. Right. If you don't have good artwork, then your story is going to look like shit. I agree. Because you don't have a creative illustrator illustrating the stories that you perceive in your mind. And it's pretty damn hard to get through a comic book that has a shitty artist. Yeah, absolutely. And when, okay, when I first got into comic books, it was probably 1999. Uh And how old was I then? What year were you born? 1993. 93, so you're six? Yes. Just, like I said, the artwork caught my eye. I was reading... Uh, X-Men comic books, Spawn comic books, and Ghost Rider comic books. And I, it was that and video games. But let me spin this back around to the conformist. The reason I bring that up with the, the, I see comic book collectors as conformists. That's a cool thing to do. You don't have to read them. It's okay. It, oh, I have it, but I'm not going to read it. Well, because it devalues it. Yeah. You know, now, now for me, I've read just about every single comic book I own. Yeah. Physical comic book. I've read them. Because what's the purpose of having them if you can't enjoy the story? Absolutely. That's what makes me true to who I am. Yeah. I, I don't care if it, excuse me. I don't care if it devalues the comic book. Yeah. I'm about enjoying it, reading the comic book. Yeah. Oh, she's playing with my hair. <laughs> it's an aphrodisiac. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, like I said, I, I started reading comic books at six years old. Uh, I absolutely love good artwork and I love good storytelling. It was hard for me growing up. Like I said, I've always had a reading comprehension problem, mainly for the fact that my parents were never there to help me through school and stuff like that. In and out of jail, I was with my grandma and my grandpa back and forth for a long time. And like I said, nobody was really, really, and really when I was with my grandma and grandpa, they were always at work or they never really you know, paid much attention to me. Right. So it was hard for me to pick up what was going on in the stories rather compared to just reading the story and be like, Oh wow, that was a really good story. Right. Right. So that on a different level, it, even if you can't comprehend the full you know, basis of what's going on, you still enjoy the story and you still enjoy, you know, what's going on in the boxes. Right. So with that being said, like I said, mainstream, or uh, comic books are becoming more mainstream now, and it's more socially acceptable to like comic books because everybody likes comic books now, apparently. And so, and to me, it's hurting them. Yeah, absolutely, because they're they're they see their spike in um their income. Yeah, they see you know oh more people want this more pe- more demand more uh th- okay the more the the demand the shittier the quality. Yes. And I see that a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. <clears throat> and it's kind of like, 
And I know I'm probably going to get some hate mail because I know it's like the thing right now. It's the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. That shit is so fucking just stereotypical. It is. Absolutely. And and it, it's almost insulting to the real the real nerds. Yeah. It is if if you're a real nerd and you watch that shit, it's it's insulting to you. It really is. Nobody dresses up like Flash or nobody dresses up in just ridiculous outfits. Right. To go have a party. Like, come on now. It, even nerds don't do that shit. I can see, okay, it it's a cosplay party. Dress up, you know, okay, that's have fun. Yeah. But you know, it's just not going to be like, oh, you know, we're doing this. Okay, you can dress up if you want to. Not like dress up like uh, a character from... And people think that, that nerds do that. I don't, I don't see know. the correlation between... Well, I can see it taken too literally, but most people would be uh more like, oh, um, you know, dress up. Do you mean like, you know dress attire like suits and stuff or like just nice clothes in general or just you know casual whatever i don't know to me to it felt like that as far as those characters they're so one-dimensional um you know for nerds there's more than just science and and comic books yeah i mean it's yeah yeah there's a high likelihood that it does tie together, you know, being a nerd and having science in comic books. Yeah. Because, yes, I like comic books, but, yes, I like science. And, you know, technically, I'm, like, five units away from reading my degree in science, you know? Um, but there's a lot more to us nerds than just that, you know? Yeah. There, there's... there's... Where, where's the episodes of them going to Comic-Con and enjoying, like, other nerds and stuff? Where's the episodes of them going and enjoying a movie without them freaking out about shit? Most nerds aren't super OCD like that. Mm-mm. Most nerds don't talk like they're a freaking robot. Most nerds don't sit around and play Dungeons and Dragons all damn day, dressed up as their fucking 7th <laughs> degree level 243 warlock. door. Yeah, I'm like, come on now. It's ridiculous but and again i have no idea where this came from but there it is um i don't know how we got started but it's all right um let's see before we jump into what you know we were talking about what we wanted to talk about uh just an update on everybody because it's it's been a while since we talked about the mongers so i figured we'd give everybody an update of what's going on yeah um if you're not familiar with the mongers project originally Aaron and Rebecca and I, we did, it was uh, Scene Red, episode 86. Uh, We started off talking about a man marrying his male dog in a a gay, animalistic relationship. And somehow, in the process of that, it turned into us creating this horror film. Yeah. And the original concept of it was called Canadian Deliverance. We got probably, believe it or not, that whole piece is probably 25 minutes long. That's it. Yeah. That first whole piece. And then Aaron and I came back in episode 87, and we we finished up telling the entire story. Well, after which, well, after which we, we, we knew, well, we knew after episode 86 that we had something. Yeah. We knew it. For sure. 
So I sat down and I've been working on writing the script and, and taking almost everything because there's some things that don't work that we talked about, you know, as far as story structure wise, it doesn't work at the point of where we put it. So I'll put it back, you know, put it in the front or I'll put it in towards the end. You know, I'm moving things around, but for the most part, I'd say about 98% of what you hear in the, the episodes 60 or 68. Wow. That was a long time ago. Um, 86 and 87 is, you know, translated into the, into word very nicely. Um, so at this point, and mind you, you know, I, I've got other things going on with life as well. So, yeah. you know, I can't sit down and, and work. Just type, and yeah. type, type. Yeah. Um, I'm at page, what, what was it? 55, right? Yeah, 55. And, uh, it is, it is definitely the most fucked up thing I have ever written. <laughs> it, it is so gritty. And uh, I love the, I, I, I just love it. I, it's a masterpiece. I think most movies don't go nearly as far as this ever. Um, it used to, a long time ago, it used to go really far. Now it's just like, ah! Yeah. Okay, I'm scared. Oh, I oh, got a jump scare. Oh, I was going to say, they they make, uh, what do they call it, pops. Yeah. They use the pops to... To make you jump in your seat, you know, yeah. with the the music and the the sound, yeah, it's just ambient tones. Uh-huh. And it's creepy, you know. They're going down a hallway, you know. They see a figure move across the uh, the the room at the end of the hallway, and then the door slams shut, and you're like, <gasps> and then something jumps out from the other door that she's right next to, and you're like, ah! yeah. you know, it's 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 just it's not scary. So it's come along nicely. Um, <clears throat> We have I, the the American father. His name is um, Ian. He's been casted. Uh, of course, Aaron is playing Abel, the Canadian son. Um, and I've been talking to possibly someone who's going to be playing Delilah, who's the Canadian daughter. Shit, what else? Uh, you know, and I was telling Aaron as well is that we need to, we need to find a full blown trained actor. Whoever's going to play the dad, the, the Canadian dad, his name is Ezekiel. He's got so much dialogue, dialogue. <laughs> that we, we can't pull somebody in off the street and say, okay, you looked the part. Go for it. This person has to look the part and be able to present. Yes. Because they're, the creepiness that I'm going for is going to be largely conveyed through Ezekiel. So he's going to have to be like a trained actor. He really does. Yeah. Uh, one person, and, and I'm sorry, Champ, I forgot to, to mention this, is um, the person that's going to be playing the other Canadian son, which technically there isn't another Canadian son in the podcast. But there was one that popped up in the script because I needed another person. Yeah. Um, and I thought it would be funny, you know, biblical play on names. Uh, since the character that you're playing is Abel, his brother needed to be Cain. Cain. So yes, <laughs> Cain and Abel. Uh, and the champ 
GWN heavyweight champion himself, Mike Lutz, is going to be playing. He said that he will make the trip down here. That's awesome to 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 play that. See, he'd be a good part for it. I just I can see him. <laughs> I'm not. Well, uh, shouldn't talk about the script. Uh, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say. Uh, you can just cut this out if you want to. I was gonna say I could just see him smashing through the door. And, oh yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah, god. Yeah. That that's awesome. Yeah. No, we can leave that in. Yeah. There's there's gonna be a scene where he's gonna be doing his own effects. Or not his own effects, his own stunts. He's going to be crashing through a, a door. Um, plus, oh, I, I won't say what he looks like, though. No, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that. That, that's, a, um, yeah. All, all is I'm going to say is, knock, 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 and all heavens down. No. But, um, yeah, so Mike said he he would definitely be in for that. Um, film editor, we've already got a film editor attached, Rob Bellamy. Uh, he will be you know pacing. So pretty much what will happen is is we're planning on shooting in February, and I'll be sending him dailies. And when he gets the dailies, he'll start piecing them together, and that's that'll be his job. Yeah, into uh, you know being the film editor. Uh, let's see what else. I think that's it right now for everybody. Yeah. Know, as far as casting. Um, like I said, I'm more focused on telling a good story. Absolutely. Like I, like I said earlier about comic books, if you don't have a good story, you don't have shit. Um, you know, and, and of course this doesn't come to surprise anybody. You know, S. Sadie Burbank, she's gonna, she's gonna be, you know, probably one of the co-executive producers of this film. Uh, nothing's written. So that's why I said probably, you know, yeah. nothing's set in stone. But, you know, she's the, she's the executive producer of the Jason Modcast. So I, I don't see why she would not be interested in, in being the executive producer in this. Yeah. Even though, yes, the, the cut is going to be a lot more than what, you know, oh, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> you know, but in return, her return cut will be, you know, the money that she invested plus, you know, whatever, you know, she's wanting, you know. Yeah. Because I think what a bank bank interest right now is like two percent. So you know, if that's what she's looking at is a two percent return bank interest. That's yeah. what I think. You know, so um, what was I going with that? Oh, anyway, I was piecing people together with the project. So S. A. Burbank most likely is going to be, you know, one of the co-executive directors or not executive directors, executive producers, um, and we we were talking about this. Before we started recording what we think. And, you know, I, I'm always trying to picture and keep her in the loop of what's going on and what's going on with the story and whatever. Mm. And one of the things that I feel that, that makes this story so creepy is the fact that there's no supernatural force. There's no anything other than just a fucking bunch of crazy lunatics that are out in the middle of the Canadian woods and they're going to kill this family. That is very plausible. Yeah. And that's that, one of the things that makes a uh, makes stories like this so well. And I think, and that to me, that's what makes it scary. Yeah. Is the fact that this can 
happened in reality. <laughs> and, yeah. And it's not a, well, if this could happen, then this would happen. No, 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 no. The only thing that is, is if what could happen is, is if your ass is driving down the Canadian road and you break down and, and what if you run into a house full of cannibal crazy people, that's, that's it. Yeah. Other than <laughs> that, that's it. That's, that's what you got. Everything You're else fucked. is real. <laughs> You're fucked. Explaining it. I don't know if you can hear that in the back, but my wife and my daughter are having fun in the back room. It's good yeah. to hear them both laugh. Yeah. So that's what's going on. I am still excited. I'm still driving forward. You know, and to be honest with you, you know, I had been working on the um, Incubus story, and that kind of fizzled, you know, because the motivation kind of fizzled because I was off the up doing other things. I was yeah. working on my book at the time and other shit. I'm still going strong. And this has been, what, two months now? Yeah. Since we, we sat down we and talk, did the yeah. podcast, and I'm still going strong. So that's an indicator right there. Absolutely. Because if it wasn't, it would have already fizzled. Yeah. And I'm not saying, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was the, the mongers, which is what we're calling it now. And people ask me that know the name term. They're like, why the mongers? I'm like, well, think about it. You have sex mongers, war mongers, drug mongers. What's worse than that? All combined. They're just mongers. <laughs> you know, and that's where the name came from. It's, it's just like, literally just see the name mongers and just see all the, you know, sex, war, crime, drug, you know, everything just that you can think of that fits perfectly in front of mongers. Yeah. And then just clicks into the mongers. Yeah. You know, that that says a lot to what the story is about. Um, So, I'm trying to think. I think that's everything about the mongers that I want to talk about. And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18, but with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us.
looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Schurer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at Well, one of the things I was talking to you about before you know, we started podcasting again, um, I had mentioned this, you know, earlier. I was like, okay, you know, have you seen, you know, this article about the Ebola zombie that came back from the dead? And everybody, uh, everybody was freaking out. Oh, you know, it's just, it's just real. This is, it has to be real, right? And, uh, I, I looked at the article and I was like, okay, you know, it kind of sounds believable, right? And then, I seen another thing pop up and it said, uh, Ebola zombie hoax. And I, I laughed because at, at first this, this page was talking about, Oh, it was just a, a photoshopped image of this lady from World War Z. What that was a, a laboratory scientist. You know, it's, it's just a photoshopped picture. Right. It really isn't. No. And you seen the picture of this earlier yeah. and I told you it, 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 it was a bust. Really, really good. Makeup picture paint bust of a zombie. <laughs> it was it was so good in fact that the the skin looked like it had pores, the eyeballs looked like a deceased person. It was so well done. Yeah, and if you guys want to go on there, you know, on the uh, on Google or anything, um, just look up. Uh, and I think he might post this image, you know, since we're talking about it. Um, on the page for the podcast, but, uh, if you want to go look it up yourself, you can, well, certainly do it by just looking up Ebola zombie, uh, bust or Ebola zombie in Google images. You, you'll be able to see, you know, you'll look through and you'll see this African, this African person's face, or it could just be a black person. Who knows? I just, no, he's, it's, it's African because. In the report, it said that it came. The original report came from um, Libya, Liberia, Liberia. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pulling up the picture right now. Yeah, and you can just you can tell that it, it's it looks so real. The hair looks completely real. 
Yeah. And it's, it, it's so good. It looks completely real. It's, you see skull fragments. You see chunks of the freaking neck and face missing. Yes. But just, and even the lips, the lips look so real. Uh, it, it's, it's a work of talent and it, it really looks like a masterpiece. It, it's somebody, I wonder how many hours. Yes. I wonder how many hours it took to, to do that. Yeah. That's intense work right there. But you know, I mean, and yes, it is. It's very good, you know, artwork. I mean, it's just, and that's what it is. It's just art. Art. It's, yeah. it's another medium. But here's the funny thing that always cracks me up is I don't know if people legitimately want a zombie apocalypse. I mean, let's face it. Honestly, I don't want no fucking zombie apocalypse. No, absolutely not. It's, it's, it's a cool idea in sci-fi theory. Right. Because, you know, uh, night of the living dead. I mean, come on now. It's, it's retro nostalgic fiction. Right. But here's the thing. Okay. Other than the fact that, uh, how do I say this? I wouldn't want a zombie apocalypse, you know? No. I, I like my life just the way it is. Yeah. And there seems like people get all excited, you know, when there's, when somebody puts shit like this out. They're like, yes, it's finally happening, you know? They're going to clean my credit score. You know, I don't know what. I, who knows? But here's Maybe the thing. they've screwed up their life so bad they just want to restart it. I mean, it's weird. But here's the thing. Is physically speaking, there is no medical way. Even if the heart starts beating again, okay? There is no way to reanimate a body. Once rigor mortis starts in, no, there's no, there, it's no. impossible. You can reanimate flesh, but that's it. Once, once rigor hits, there's nothing you can do. No, it's it's gone. Yeah, and it would be more than them trying to, um, you know, walk stiffly, you know, because they wouldn't be able to walk at all. No, their bones would break because it'd be so brittle from being dead for so long, and that's just. I mean, and, and this is for me. I enjoy a good zombie story. Yeah. I wrote a zombie story for three years straight, you know, for the world of myth. Yeah. The, the end. Yeah. You know, I, I'm very up on zombie information. But that's, that's always just been a thing. It's always been a, a fantasy. And I, and I don't get people just, I don't get it. Why do you people not, not specifically our listeners, unless you are one, then I would like to hear from you. But why, why are you so excited for a zombie apocalypse? You know, I don't, <clears throat> number one, if you're a listener to Scene Red, if there was a zombie apocalypse, you wouldn't be listening to Scene Red or any podcast. Yeah, because there all... would be no electricity. Yeah. You'd be scrounging for food. Trying to keep you and your family. I mean, I don't know. I, I just. It's a good idea in fantasy. Not something somebody should want. I see people. Uh, 
and this made me laugh because I was uh, I was actually just chilling on the couch one day looking at the computer, and uh, Pawn Stars comes on, uh-huh. and this guy tries to sell a zombie survival vehicle that he built custom with a bunch of stuff in it. There's there's a PlayStation in it. There's, a PlayStation. Yeah, there's a PlayStation in it. It's all furbished. It has a diamond plate uh or diamond steel plate all over it and the inside. It has um zombie guards all over it. It has tools, it has machetes. Yeah, this guy tried to sell this on Pawn Stars. He's like, Oh, I'm just selling this one to make another one. I'm like, What? Why? That's it was weird. <clears throat> okay, so here's not that it wasn't fucking badass, but you know, it's another story. Why? <laughs> Why would you have a PlayStation in, in a zombie vehicle? How would you? Yeah. It's... Okay, so I'm looking at this picture here, right? Yeah. But I guess they're not showing the hair. I don't know if the guy pulled the hair back or whatever. But in this one, it's and you can tell it's the same. Yeah, that right there looks exactly photoshopped. Yeah. Because I've seen the initial video for that, and I've I've seen that movie, so I know what the lady's face looks like anyway. And that's what it is, is the Ebola zombie victim Photoshop is a viral hoax made from Brad Pitt's World War Z movie. The Ebola, I'll try that again. <laughs> the Ebola is viral. No, the Ebola. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. But anyway, Ebola. No. But the, um, this is this. It's this face. Yeah. So they took a picture of this face. And Poorly they, photoshopped and then it. yeah, and photoshopped it onto that picture. And if you look at the picture, it's actually a really shitty job too, man. Yeah. <laughs> because it doesn't it's, I mean it just Nothing the, fits. <laughs> Anatomically <laughs> nothing fits. The head is too big. It's like taking over the neck and everything. And uh the the, the color contour yeah. doesn't fit either. No. It's and you can tell like if you look at the picture, the lighting is coming directly on the face. There's no lighting in that picture except for on the back of the shoulder. So why would there be light coming out of the face? Because the dreads in the picture are completely uh black. Right. And that's right there is the zombie lady. Yeah, the one that this one right here. Yeah. But they put that on the face. But again, it's just like people are like, yay, the zombie apocalypse. Woohoo. You know, we have nothing to live for. Think about everybody else. What? <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> what? And it, it amazes me too, because this is, this comes from Dom. Dom. Fuck, man. What's wrong with me? This comes from the news.com.ua, which is Australia. But the thing is, is this is news. This is news.com Australia. This is a, a reputable site. Right. It's a reputable site. You know, I mean, is it really that, is that really, many, fuck, I'm getting all hyped up. I'm getting stumbled over my words. Yeah. <laughs> is there that many people in the world that a reputable site would have to come out and say, there really wasn't a zombie apocalypse? Sorry, folks. I know. Yes. How would okay even if a zombie apocalypse were were to occur and it did start in Australia, how that would that was get over? physically possible? Yeah, <laughs> it, Australia's in the middle of the ocean, right? 
Well, especially in Australia, because, you know, it, anybody knows that, you know, the human body contains, what, see, 80% of the human body is water fluid. Water, yeah. And, you know, uh, Australia is one of the hottest places other than hell. <laughs> and, and a dead body that bloats up and leaks fluid anyway, naturally. Uh, plus being, you know, in Australia, that, that could... You know what I'm it trying to say? It, yes. Yeah. So it says uh, the story of the dead Ebola victim supposedly rising from the dead has been discredited as a cruel hoax. No <clears throat> shit, Sherlock. I don't know. I just, I, just, I don't know. <clears throat> there you go. What they did is they took this, 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 and they put it on the... Well, no, this is from uh, World War Z, and they took a still shot of this when the camera moved in front of this lady's face and did a really bad Photoshop job and placed it on there. I can't believe anybody believed that. I know, that's what I'm saying. It's so bad. And you could see the pixelation because if you see any kind of pixelation in any kind of photo, you know it's altered. Yes. Uh, let's see. Um, a story titled African confirms third Ebola victim rises from the dead shows a picture of the first Ebola zombie captured has been shared online thousands of times for the first time in human history confirmed footage of a man whose scientists watch die from Ebola, then only arise several hours later, regain life and rise from the dead. The photo was captioned. Um, It was then cited biblical passage, Isaiah 26, 19, where it says, Your dead shall rise, their bodies shall... Your dead shall live, their bodies shall shall rise. rise. Yes. Sound like we're chanting the mantra or some shit like that. I know. <laughs> We're casting spells yeah. and shit. No. <laughs> um, but it says, but it appears the fake image has been stolen and altered from Brad Pitt's movie or Brad Pitt's zombie movie, World War Z. Uh, Ebola, Reason from the Dead, viral zombie story is a complete hoax. Oh, what a letdown. I know. What a bummer, man. I was ready. We do this. Uh, we shit ourselves at the same time. Oh. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, let's see. What does it say here? Just on a side note, it says the 2013 flick stars Pitt as a former UN investigator who is trying to save the world from the zombie rampage. It's just the latest in a series of rumors of Ebola victims being resurrected after apparently being killed by the virus. The horrid image appears on Notorious Nort Notorious. Thank you. Notorious <laughs> website. I can't, I can't get the word out. Yeah. Nort not oh, fuck it. Norton antivirus. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, American, big American news, and quickly. Uh, where did I lose the last one? Shit, quickly sparked an internet. Where, 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 where? Oh, right there. There we go. Yeah, I found it right here. 
yeah, quickly sparked an internet frenzy. And then there's this one tweet, which is amusing. I don't think evil eye actually makes you a zombie for the simple fact there's a couple evil eye survivors that are already perfectly fine. Ooh. Then David C. says, I have a strong feeling when I go to sleep for surgery tomorrow, I will wake, I will wake weeks later alone to find equal eye led to the zombie apocalypse. That's a Walking Dead reference right there. Yeah, I know. The very first episode. <laughs> yeah. You know, or the very first issue, too. Um, and then Humanity Critic. I'm aware that most of this Ebola talk is garden variety hysteria. But I cannot stop thinking that this is how a zombie apocalypse starts. Oh my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, this is I'm glad you brought that up because it was it was a good laugh. It really was. Yeah, yeah. I just I thought that I was like, oh my goodness, really? And it kind of fits too because we're getting pretty close to Halloween time too. Yeah, yeah. That's another reason. It's like I brought up the uh, the face off thing to you earlier too. Oh yeah, yeah. That that was good. I love that show <clears throat> so much. Um. So let's see. What do we got going on here? Well, since we've been doing the podcast today, today, uh, today actually there was a show that first premieres tonight. Yeah, but we'll catch it on. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it next on time. Demand. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll we'll talk about it next time. But uh, if and, anybody has seen it, oh, and you no need to catch up on Gotham on Gotham, so we can yeah. talk about it. I've actually seen all three episodes, but Aaron hasn't yet. Yeah, it what it comes on ABC. <clears throat> Fox. Fox. Yeah. Okay. So you can go to Fox on demand and and just and, and catch those three down, down on Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can watch them, <laughs> knock them all out in three hours and you're good to go. Oh, they're okay, cool. Yeah, they're they're like an hour long. So that's good. They're good. And then we can talk about that. And then next episode Rebecca will make her triumphant return to the grand stage that is the podcast arena. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just pulled that one straight out of my ass, kids. I must like <laughs> a lot of things you're doing. I'm, just, I'm kidding. Hey, it's what I. It's, it's what like I'm good family at. guys. I scream real loud in my ass. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Okay. Um. Let's see. Where are we at here? Okay, I think I'll save these for next time. Okay. Um, I, I actually have some topics. Yeah, to save cover. it. Yeah, save it. So. All right, kids, I think that'll be enough for this week. Uh, come back next week, and like I said, all three of us will be here, and uh, I'll see if I can find some animal sex news to cover. Yeah. We have been so late on animal sex news. I think I brought that up. Uh, was it? I don't know if it was last episode, if it was this episode, how, how I was talking about news being popular and stuff like that. And apparently one of the things that we cover a lot. Oh, this is, this one. 
Okay. It, it, apparently, one of the things that we cover a lot is animal sex, and for whatever reason, that's the most popular. Yeah, we get the most downloads. Um, <clears throat> in fact, I want to see like a dog raping a human for once, like kind of like animalistic retaliation <laughs> on humanity. Vengeance! I know. Vengeance is mine. <laughs> 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 Um, yeah. but yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, so come back next week. We'll be back. Um, uh, hopefully if everything works out according to plan, last week we had, uh, an intermittent guest. You know, we had a midweek special. This week we'll have one more midweek special. That should catch us up for the weeks that we've missed. And then next Monday we should be back on target. Absolutely. So for this week, I am David K. Montoya. And I'm Aaron Illich. And if you're just one of those fuckers who just like, yay, zombie apocalypse, and you found out it was a hoax, you might be seeing red. Sucker. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. Welcome to Seeing Red. Say we didn't warn you.